Joint Scouting Hands Thursday, August 22nd. That's tomorrow. From noon to 3 at My Hearing Center in Sandy. 8941 South, 700 East, Suite 204. Asking anything you want Wednesday. What do you want to ask? What do you want to know? Stinky Pear wants to know what's your favorite burger place. Absolute favorite? I don't know that I could say that I really have an absolute favorite. I'd probably favor uh, Five Guys, but The Habit, In and Out, on and on. There's a slew of really good ones. Keep your questions coming. At David DJ James, at PK Kinahan on Twitter. Facebook, you can go to DJ and PK. And use your phone, use the app, use the open mic feature, and send us your questions, and we'll get to all of them coming up. Time right now to talk a little Utah football, a little BYU football, a little Aggie football with our college football insider, Riley Jensen. He's coming to us on the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Good morning, guys. What's happening? It's the countdown to college football. We don't really want to wait another week, but we're going to because we have no choice. There are question marks for all these uh, teams, all these position groups. And interestingly, there's different levels of confidence, but a little bit of a question behind all the offensive lines. Which team, which fan base should feel most confident that the O-line has got it together and is ready to, to get it done? And which has got the most question marks and should have the most stress going into the opener? Yeah, I think when it comes to offensive line, uh, you know, the more and more I'm hearing out of camp, the more that that I think about it, I think BYU is in a pretty solid situation offensively. Now, it'll be interesting to me because um, you you know they're going to want to pound the rock. You know that they're going to want to establish the run game early with Coach Grimes and and his system so they can get some, some easy play action throws for Zach. Um, but what will be interesting to me is how much they're going to open up the playbook a little bit. And I, I actually kind of hate that phrase, like open up the playbook, because I, mean, I don't know an offensive coordinator that doesn't put the whole playbook in. But when it, when it means open up the playbook, it means how much confidence you have to put the quarterback in a situation where it's just a throwing down and you're just going to throw it and you're going to have enough confidence in him from, to go from read number one to two and then even to three. That's when – that's when I feel like the playbook, the playbook really opens up, is that you feel confident in your quarterback enough that he can go f- not just from one to two, but from one to two to three and get you a completion. And so I think they're going to pound the rock. I think they're in a good spot offensively. It'll be interesting because most of the pass blocking for BYU has been in the play-action scenario. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see when they know it's a passing down, when defenses know that you're going to pass it, how well that offensive line responds. So I think I think they're the, the, the most ready. I think the one that you, you just have to worry about the most is the University of Utah. There's just too many new guys, too many things filling in. Um, but when it comes to that, I also have a lot of confidence in their staff. I have a lot of confidence in Andy Ludwig to have a blocking scheme together that's going to be able to protect Ty Huntley. And then I think Utah State's somewhere in between um, with their offensive line. But when when I look at it, I think BYU is the most prepared. I'd be most worried about Utah. 
but I also have a lot of confidence in in all three of the staffs with their offensive line and and the work that they do there. So the rankings come out, and it's been a love fest for weeks now with the University of Utah football team. And you know, I'm expecting them to be good, but I got to pump the brakes a little bit. It's my natural instinct. If everyone's going over here, I'm going to look for a path to go over there. Everybody knows that, right? You? So, yeah, you absolutely. That. Yeah, I mean, like for instance. <laughs> I know most people don't like you, but I love you. You know, that type of thing. I mean, I always go against the grain. I do the exact same thing. I don't care what people say about you, PK. I'm (laughs) I'm your biggest fan. I'm I'm a big fan. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm reading uh, this morning, 2019 College Football Crystal Ball, playoff picks, dark horse predictions, and more by Sports Illustrated. It's a guy named Max Meyer. And I'll just read you a couple things, and I'm going to respond, and then I want your response. You look foolish more often than not when picking a Pac-12 team to emerge as a surprise college football tender, college football playoff contender. But I'm all in on Utah. The Utes' offense was rolling in October last season as they dropped at least 40 points in four straight conference games. All right, back that up. They did score 40 in October against Stanford, Arizona. And the two L.A. schools. Stanford scored 40, but it was not on offense completely. Jalen Johnson had a 100-yard interception return. And Matt Gay had four field goals, two of which were over 45 yards. So that is, what is 12 plus 7, Sniggy? 19. All right, so that's 19. So that's almost half of their points came on a 100-yard interception return. And the best kicker this state has ever seen. And he's gone. And maybe this kicker, Rauch, will be all that. But he transferred from UC Los Angeles for a reason, because he wasn't the kicker. And now he won the job here. So I don't know that I could expect them to just, okay, we're 48, 49 yards on the road. You're our guy, son. Go give us three. Matt Gay gave you 12 on that day. And then the other, the two L.A. schools in Arizona, in scoring defense, that was the 8th, the 10th, and 11th teams in the conference. So can we back it up just a little that these guys are just going to steamroll over everybody? Or do you think I'm up in the night and, yes, they are going to steamroll everybody and it's going to be no problem? Respond, Riley R. Jensen. (laughs) I'm I'm with you and I'm not with you. Here's where I'm with you. I think that both you and DJ have done a good job of breaking down those four games. And I think... The four games were really interesting because it was the best that we'd seen Ty Huntley play, and so it gets a little bit exciting, like, okay, maybe he's turning the corner, maybe he can start doing this on a consistent basis. But I think also some of it was a result of the stickers on the helmets looking more impressive than the win. So the USC win, to the, to the rest of the country, that feels like, wow, I mean, they're taking it to USC, right? Even though USC's way down from where they've been. Stanford. Not nearly the team that they have been. And I know this stat because of you guys, and I've been listening to you. Seven and five, right? That's not, that's not a typical great Stanford team by their standards. But the sticker on the helmet makes you think, oh, that's a good win. UCLA has a tradition. Sticker on the helmet, that's a nice win, right? So you go through those wins, and you're like, okay, this wasn't against Oregon and Washington, right? This wasn't like they were just really playing – However, I will say this. It still is the Pac-12. It is still a high level of play. 
But I think when you break it down even further, like you're talking about, I just don't see how Utah can play as good on special teams as they played for the last three years. I mean, the, the special team's been off the chain good. It's always an emphasis for the University of Utah, but I think where I'm, I'm sitting here going, I, I, there's been some hidden points and some hidden wins with special teams. I think there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off there. I think their defense is going to be really good. I think their offense is going to be better than they are. So as nice as it is to be kind of the, the media darling and the, the, the homecoming queen of this media season for the University of Utah, I hope they're not reading the press clippings. I know that Kyle's not. I hope the players aren't. I hope they're not starting to believe the hype because, you know, and people people always say this, but nobody cares about preseason All-American awards. Nobody cares about preseason picks. It's about what happens during the season. Now, if the University of Utah goes through this season, and because of the love that they're getting, it helps them because of their RPI ratings and all those sorts of things, and they go out and take care of business, I think it could be a special season just because there's been so much love for them. But they have to go and they have to execute on a high level. And I think the question mark of the offensive line and the offense is going to be the difference. And I truly believe this is this is just like the gospel according to Riley. This isn't, But I think you have to have a great quarterback play to win the Pac-12. And so far, Utah has not won the Pac-12. Now, we know they've won the Pac-12 self. But to me, that's kind of like a, I don't know what that award is, right? You win the Pac-12 South. I don't, to me, you're trying to win the Pac-12. And to win it, you have to have great play at the quarterback position. I have not seen great, great play out of Tyler Huntley yet. That doesn't mean that he can't get there, but he's, it's gonna, there's gonna be a lot of games that are on his shoulders. And the plays that he makes are going to determine whether this team can win the Pac-12 and be the media darling that everybody wants them to be or they're not going to be because he doesn't make the plays. And that's why you have to love the position of quarterback is because when it doesn't go well, it's your fault. When it goes well, everybody's going to love you, and everybody will love Tyler Huntley if he makes those plays. And I think if I were advising him, I'd just say, hey, man, pressure is a privilege. You've earned this spot. You've earned this pressure now just go and do what you're supposed to do because there's going to be a lot of pressure situations on him and he's got to step up to the challenge because i haven't seen that it factor in him yet that doesn't mean that he doesn't have it It just means i haven't seen it yet where i'm like oh man this guy has the ball in his hands and he's going to make a play at the end of the game to get us to win this game. And that's what I want to make sure that I'm clear on. I'm not saying he can't, but I'm just not saying all this love. I just want to put somewhat of a little bit of a caution to it and not assume that everything is going to be great this year. Yeah. It's 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 an over-the-top love right now. I'm just like, okay, okay, yes, I – I am I'm with you. I think Utah has tons of athletes. I think that they have a chance to be really good this year, but like you said, pump the brakes a little. Like let's let's lower the expectation just a little bit. Right. And then if you beat that, then you feel great yeah, about DJ's it. Yeah, DJ's just been going nuts all year about it and it's just driving me crazy. He's making know, stuff he's like up. That guy. Oh, and you're going to go like, with him. I see how this no, works. He's like that guy yeah. that proposes to the girl like on the second date. He's down on one knee, he's <laughs> giving her roses, and he's ready to get married. You know, he's just, you got to pump the brakes, DJ. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. <laughs> pump the brakes. I think a lot of the preseason stuff we're hearing is spot on. I'll give you a couple of examples. Of course you do. The coaches 
poll and the media poll have them ranked 14th and 15th. And if you look at what that usually means for a team, the... uh, the, did you look? I did. I'm looking at it right you. now. The <laughs> rankings for uh, teams 9 through 17 last year, uh, almost all of those teams were 9 and 3. Washington State was 10 and 2, and they were 13th. And West Virginia was in that group, and they were 8 and 3 because they had a game canceled by weather. But basically, when you say someone's between 11 and 15, which is where the Utes are showing up a lot, you're saying they're a 9 and 3 team. Now, I don't think you need to pump the brakes on 9 and 3. I think the people who have them at 9 and 3 or 10 and 2 are in the ballpark. The people who are saying playoff, I get why you want those people to pump the brakes. But basically, I think most people look in the Pac-12, they have no idea who's going to win. The Pac-12 media, Oregon, Utah, and Washington were separated by two or three votes. I mean, they were all, you, you got to pick somebody, but you're not sure who it's going to be. PK is the outlier, and he's saying, look at Washington State. And a coach who would normally downplay it is saying, yeah, we were 11-2, and two, and we should be better. I heard you say that. Do you buy Mike Leach when he says they're 11 and 2 and they're going to be better? Because if they're going to be better, maybe they're the team we ought to be looking at to win the Pac 12. Okay, so just real quick, before we get too excited about coaches' polls, just know that coaches don't care about coaches' polls. Yeah. And here's how I know I got to vote three times during the year, one year at North Carolina State on the coaches' poll for Coach Amato. <laughs> so, like. Let's 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 take it into context a little bit. Now, I'm not saying every coach in the country does that. There are some coaches that vote on it, and they're the ones who, you know, like really are meticulous. But Coach Amato could, couldn't care less about the coaches' poll, and he used to pass it around to the DJ, the, the GAs, so that we could so that we could fill it out. And he did the same thing for postseason awards for All Americans. I voted on All Americans when I was at North Carolina State, so. As far as the coaches' polls go, I mean, was I really qualified to like vote on like the polls? I, I don't think so. Not not at 27 years old when I'm I've got my head so deep into special teams and offensive um, game plans that I have no idea what teams look like. I was voting for stickers on the helmet, so just take that for what it's worth. And then as far as Washington State goes, I don't remember Mike Leach ever really being a guy that, like, really sticks up for his team that much. Like, I, I mean, I've heard him make fun of the pools before. I've heard him make fun of the fact that they're not ranked or something like that. But I've never I've never heard him say it and then follow it up with, like, and we're better than we were last year. And so there's part of me that feels like, man, I, I should probably listen to him a little bit and take a little closer look at Washington State. I mean, they've – they're, they're a team that's been interesting to me because nobody ever picks them to win any games. And it feels like the University of Utah every year has had, had their hands full with Washington State, and it feels like they they beat teams that we all think they shouldn't. When are we going to start flipping and turning and going, no, Washington State should win this game? So to me, there's, there's some truth to that, and it'll be interesting to see if he's right. He certainly had, has my attention as far as he he thinks they're better than last year, they were they were really good. They played some really good defense, and man, for a team that just throws the ball so much, he sure he he, he sure is able to keep the chains moving. Riley Jensen joining us here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Uh, what is the one thing you've been listening to us? What is the one thing we've missed on? Go ahead, call us out. 
What is the one thing that should be underlined, circled, highlighted? Uh, that you've that you've missed. You're speaking for DJ because I haven't missed anything. <laughs> there it is. Well, I mean, you guys have morphed into a lot of things. You know, I've been listening to you. I mean, there's been some things you've been wrong on, and then you came full circle and you're right. But God, I can't think much that you're off. I'm I'm excited. Uh, sorry, I'm 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 semi optimistic to see what happens at the running back position at BYU. Um, I'm I'm thinking that this guy out of South Carolina sounds like he's a pretty legit every down type back. I also think uh, Zach Lopini Katoa is a, a really well rounded back. Um, Katoa reminds me of a lot of the backs that they used to have in the past, like. You know, Matt Bellini, um, the type of guy that can run the draw trap for you. He can get you some tough yards to keep you off balance. And he's really, really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. He's a super hard worker and a good kid, so I'm excited to see what he can do. And then if this guy from South Carolina is a legitimate uh, every down back, I mean, that's going to be a big deal for Zach Wilson to be able to continue to, to his upward trend as a quarterback. And I think I think when I'm when I'm when I'm thinking about the quarterback positions, I mean I'm really excited to watch all three of these quarterbacks at the FBS schools play. Jordan Love, Tyler Huntley, Zach Wilson. I'm excited to see him play. I think one lesson that I learned early in my career, and I had some real success early in my career. Later, it was a little a little tougher. Is when you have success, it's a direct result of your teammates playing well. And when I played well, I had guys like Kevin Curtis catching the ball. I had a Lance Mickelson catching the ball, who played at Kentucky. My tight end played at the U. My fullback played at Cal Berkeley. They, they, early in my career at Snow, like these were really, really good football players. And I, I'm not going to lie, like I started walking around thinking like, oh, yeah, like I'm a pretty good quarterback. I'm pretty dang good. And then I got to Utah State, and I realized Kevin Curtis was no longer on the roster. Lance Mickelson's no longer on the roster. Some of these guys are no longer on the roster, and my stats aren't even close. So it'll be interesting to me that there's a, there's a healthy balance for quarterbacks of being super confident in yourself and super confident in your abilities, but then realizing that sometimes when you're replacing key players, like up in Logan at Utah State, they're replacing a lot of their 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 playmakers and at BYU they're still developing playmakers and at University of Utah they're still trying to find out who their playmakers are so these quarterbacks as good as they are and as confident as they need to be in their situation they also need to understand that those teammates are going to be the ones that make them look good and so hubris is the enemy you know your ego is the enemy um, when it comes to playing the quarterback position, you've got to be smart about who you're throwing the ball to, where you're throwing the ball. And it'll be interesting to see to me which one of these quarterbacks with a new group of guys that they're working with can step up and make all the plays that they made last year. Because it was it was a pretty encouraging year last year at certain spots for all of those quarterbacks. Riley, as always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. I can't wait. I'll see you guys later. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up. 
Questions. You have questions. PK is finally willing. Tiffany Chick-fil-A all the way. Normally the notifications are off. Yeah. No Popeyes, huh? <laughs> no. Tiff, it's Chick-fil-A. She has Chick-fil-A or... Tried that new sandwich? Popeyes. Do we even have Popeyes here? We do. No. Where are they? All over. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just I'm not look. paying attention. You should. <laughs> yeah, I should. I know. All right, DJ and PK, we'll get to your questions next. Some sports, some food, some random. We'll get to them next. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James, PK Kinahan. On Facebook, DJ and PK. Use your phone, use the app, use the open mic, and send us your questions. 855-340-ZONE. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. USC named sophomore quarterback JT Daniels as their starter. Daniels started 11 games last year as a true freshman. He'll be backed up by a true freshman, Kadon Slovis. Dallas Cowboys announced a contract extension for standout linebacker Jalen Smith. Five years, $64 million with $35.5 million guaranteed. Raiders wide receiver Antonio Brown practiced fully, reporting to camp while wearing his certified helmet. And head coach John Gruden tells reporters he's all in and ready to go. That's my understanding. Major League Baseball, Mike Trout hit his career-best 40-second home run of the season. Angels beat the Rangers 5-1 in Game 1 of their doubleheader. Texas won 3-2 in 11 innings in the nightcap. The Mets have won 19 of the last 24 games. They pounded the Indians 9-2. Cleveland falls three games by Minnesota in the American League Central Division. Dodgers annihilate the Blue Jays 16-3. L.A. hitting five home runs as Clayton Kershaw wins his 13th game. Bees beat Tacoma 6-3. Series finale tonight, 8 o'clock. Listen to it on the Zone Sports Network. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. The Big Show. Former Utah quarterback, Troy Williams. For you, coming from out of state, how long did it take you to really understand how important it was to the fan bases? I don't think I really understood it until the game, like, started. To me, I got a pick, I want to say, maybe around the first or second play. I mean, the atmosphere was already crazy. But when he caught that pick, that was probably the top five loudest I've heard the whole stadium. And, you know, they were pretty physical that year. So I just got the tempo from them and then thought to myself, like, man, these guys take it serious. It's not game at all. <laughs> if you've missed any of the big show, go to 1280thezone.com. This is the big show on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK, I just want to know how good do you project the Utes to be because I know you've been dying to tell everyone. <laughs> that was well played. <laughs> That was good. DJ PK brought to you in part by Homie buying or selling a home. Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with more closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. I think they're going to be really good. I'm just, let's have a little bit of caution here. Okay, define really good. 9 and 3, <clears throat> 10 and 2, 11 and 9 one. and 3 is my base. 10 and 2 is totally reasonable. I believe 11 so. and 1, you're raising an eyebrow. Yeah, that's tough, man. It is tough. I totally agree. It's tough for anybody. It's not irregardless of the team. I mean, I think 10 and 2 isn't just an outstanding season. That's because 10 and 2 is an outstanding season. Yeah. 
How many teams got to 10-2 and two last year? Yeah, I don't know. It is a little bit of an uh, asterisk in that they're not playing the toughest non-conference schedule. Give me, give me Stanford. Give me SC. Those teams. Are, because if you're not playing one Power 5 team in their non-conference, that's weak. I don't know how else to say it. There were eight Power 5 teams that made it to 10-2. and two. Eight. And you can name some of them off the top of your head because obviously it's Bama, it's Clemson. And if you only play one Power 5 team in your non-conference, it better not be Kansas. It better be a decent, recognizable win. Even if that team is down, if you win that game, that's a good win. For instance, BYU-Wisconsin last year. Wisconsin didn't have their best season. They've had some really good seasons here recently. But still going to Wisconsin and winning... It's not like they were 4-8. and eight. That is a quality win. Recognizing Wisconsin wasn't at the top of their game, so I'm not asking that you play a non-conference opponent that's at its top. When BYU beat Texas, you, know, those, you, can't, you can't control whether they're great or not, but at least give it a shot. But if your best non-conference game is BYU, and it's no offense to BYU, your non-conference schedule is not strong enough. So... I see no reason why the Utes aren't three and zero to get a third of those nine wins right there. Uh, but because I, I do think for me, if it's six and three in conference, I'm disappointed because all this hype and you did nothing that you didn't do last year. That's not good enough. Well, that's your base. That's six and three last year. It's the three non-conference wins, and you're nine and three. Right, but most times nine and three, I think, is a very good season. I've said that consistently. I would say a little bit different this year for Utah at nine and three, with all the hype. Now they they're not out there pumping themselves, so it's a little bit unfair to saddle them with all the hype. Although Kyle's running around saying we haven't had a bad practice and we got the deepest this, the deepest that, so he's embracing it. But the hype is coming from folks external from the program. And they are receiving a ton of it. And, and I also think, too, when you are whomever, fill-in-the-blank national guy, if you say, yeah, man, watch out for Utah, it's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking outside the box. Aren't I something? Because <laughs> everybody can get out. Well, I think Alabama's going to be. You know what I mean? It says you're not going to get any run for that. So you, you, I remember one year uh, Herb Street picked ASU for the f- playoff, and they sucked. So it was a foolish pick. But, you know, they were coming off a couple of 10-win seasons and so blah, blah, blah. So I get those guys want to be there. It's like your musical taste. People like to tell you how eclectic they are in their musical taste because they think that makes them sound cool. I don't tell you that. You're right. (laughs) But some people do. They do, absolutely. Yeah. And that makes oh, them I'm totally sound... into this indie band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I go, yeah, so, okay, so good, so for, you, good for you. Aren't you just avant-garde? <laughs> You're something special. You know what you know I listen mean? to? Uh, the stuff that's on the radio. Yeah. yeah. So go. some people like to do that, and I think it's the same. Go with Utah, because it makes you sound smarter. Wow, you really know your stuff. Not so much around here, because we follow it, everything that they do. 10 times over, but nationally. Like, I read you that stuff this morning. They scored, the offense scored 40 points in every game in November, uh, October. Well, no, it didn't. It did not. That's just, an, that's a not a fact. 
<laughs> it's not a fact. It's a lie. Right. It is an untruth. It's, a, it's not a lie. It's an error. You don't. I was there. You watched the game. I was there. I saw. I knew that they told Jalen Johnson to play up on the lob. They, he was taught to do that the week leading into that game. He did it on the sideline. And, of course, no one's going to catch him at that point. So he's gone. So that's seven right there. And then Gay with the 12 points on the field goals. Can you count? If you score 12 points on field goals this year, you're going to lose the game. That's too many field goals? Because he kicked in that game. He had a 48 and a 49-yarder. Right, and I'm not counting on... That happening. Right, again. so you this shouldn't. year. It's against the odds. Right, this year, if they score 12 points on field goals, it's going to be inside the 20. I see what you're getting at. And so then they passed on too many touchdowns yes. in all probability. Yes. With uh, Do you remember what he did against Oregon? I know he kicked six field goals against Oregon, but I don't remember how long they all were. Well, you can look it up. But, yeah, uh, I know. But I figured maybe you already had, and then I wouldn't have to. Look at me being lazy. Uh,. Well, I, I thought they uh, they played well in that Oregon game, and but no one's making the point that they beat Oregon. It's just that I'm tired of hearing the offense scored 40 points in every game in October because they I, didn't. I know. It's I gotcha. It's inaccurate. And Walter, if he taught me anything, he taught me to be kind, uh, humble and kind. So did Tim McGraw taught me to be humble and kind, but he also taught me to be accurate. When I went to NAU, there's a professor there named Ray Newton. And his policy was, and you'd, you'd hand in, I was doing news writing at that point, if you hand, you, so you'd hand it in, you'd have to type it out, and then you hand it in. If you had one typo, one typo, drop your letter, your grade a letter. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I had a friend, I didn't have him, but I had a friend who, had, uh, who did TV, and, and if you were, you were given an assignment, like you had to do a minute and 30 second story, and they dropped the letter grade for every second you were off. Every second. Yeah. So I learned as a freshman, my gosh, this accuracy thing? Apparently it's important. (laughs) I checked those Oregon field goals. Three of them were total chip shots. They were in the red zone, dying on the vine. 20, 21, 24 yarders. Now, he also hit a left-footed. He also hit a 55-yarder in the game and a 41-yarder. And you're right. Once you get outside 40, you know, an excellent college kicker will make them. But the average college kicker outside 40 is dicey. Yeah, he was top of the line. You you may go another 50, 100 years without a better kicker than <laughs> uh, than Matt Gay. He was absolutely sensational. That's why he got drafted. Kickers don't get drafted. He got drafted. And he's booming them so far in the, in the uh, preseason. So it just gives me a little bit ca- uh, a pause for, hey, wait a second here. All right, but uh, nine and three or ten and two is what you're thinking. I think it's very reasonable. Yeah, and if things come together, then it can be special upon special. The the opportunity and the possibility are there. All right, let's go to the uh, open mic. You know how to use the app. Use the open mic. Send us your audio. Send us your take, like Rick did. You don't sound like a PK, but I know you've been a PK for a long time. Are you really PK? Yes, he's really PK. Uh, that's a playoff to Debster, isn't it? Probably, yeah. <laughs> but that wasn't really a question on an Ask Anything kind of Wednesday. You don't really sound like a Debbie. Well, I've been one for a long time. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, great, great. 
Filled in for Gordon yesterday. He brought that up, too. <laughs> well, he's trying to deflect from San Bernardino. Do the show by yourself, then. Fine. I'm filling in today and tomorrow. It is a solid 8 to 10 degrees warmer in here during their show than it is during us. Because I put this thing The up window's up all day, and you get a little solar thing. You get it, and it's, it's awesome to be in here when it's 58 instead of being in here when it's 48. That's all I'm saying. Although we're on location both days. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, 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 actually, it's good because it's down the south end. So it's uh, less travel for me. You win again. Like a couple years back, Lloyd Cole, true story. He'll deny it. But he's a poo-poo head because he calls. He he says to me, "Hey, can you substitute today?" It was it was in August. Say, so I said, "Well, yeah, you're getting me on short notice, so let me see, and give me a couple hours to see if I can rearrange stuff." And I try to make myself available every time because the job really really matters to me. And so I go home and I rearrange some stuff. So I said, "Hey, give me a couple hours." A couple hours, I call back. And I tell him, okay, Lloyd, I can substitute today. He says, okay, good, yeah, today you're doing the show from Weber State. What? (laughs) And he neglected to tell me. He had three hours to tell me. If you say yes, please know you have to drive an hour north. (laughs) I was pit. But I drove to the Monsonian Institute, otherwise known as Gordon's house. And uh, we drove in his luxury automobile. And we did the show there while Weber was actually practicing. We were in the press box, and Jay Hill came up and nice watched their practice. And you know, it really didn't derail Weber's season that a couple of media guys saw the practice. Well, later on, when Jay's a powerful <laughs> uh, power broker in this state, at whatever school hires him, because somebody's going to, I just don't know the order of events and how it's going to play out, but I don't think his career is going to dead end at Weaver State at all. You can remind him of I that. I would say end. I wouldn't say or maybe finish. <laughs> dead end doesn't sound very nice, Dave. Our Weaver State folks deserve better than that. As an original member of the Big Sky. They deserve a couple more years. Lumberjack myself. A couple more years of Jay Hill and a couple more NCAA tournament trips. That would be sweet for Well, if I'm Jay, I'm picky. You got a good thing going. Absolutely, yeah. You just don't take anything. You don't have to take anything. But I do suspect there is uh, an opportunity for him down the road. I think you suspect the same thing. Only question will be where. Could see, oh, yeah, could yeah. see it play well, out a couple different ways. You could see either Utah or BYU being interested in him, depending on how things play out. I would throw Utah State in there, too. Yeah. And when he tries to close practices, you can remind him, he had a good team. We watched practice. It wasn't the end of the world. What's your deal, dude? <laughs> you, don't change what got well, you here. Don't change what got you here. In defense, we were doing a radio show, so it wasn't like I was just uh, zeroing and in, in taking defense, notes on the practice. And in defense, it's, you know, there's probably not the two people that they worry about when they close practices. That's true. I mean, oh, I've been told that many times yeah, over. You can go back to Lavelle, yeah. you know, getting handed all the plays from a Washington practice and go, whoa, these people are crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, I've been told it's not you. Yeah. And, and I get that, so I actually don't have any problem with that. Because okay. PK made a point about the youth schedule, and we need to amplify that and explain, yes, and analyze and compare and contrast all the things that Walter taught you to do. We will do that next. And, Yak, do you have something planned next as well? Well, of course, it's a Wednesday. So? We have Win Tickets Wednesday. All right, so we got both these things going up. Your chance to win tickets. Concert tickets coming up next. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
Countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you one, Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a win tickets Wednesday. Your son Amphitheater'll be rocking. Hearts coming to town. It's the Love Alive Tour. Joan Jett and the Black Hearts and Ellie King. August 30th. You gotta see this show. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or win them right now. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Crazy on you. I saw Hart years ago in Arizona. Oh, really? At the Coliseum back where the Suns used to play. It's still there. And they had the state fair there. And Robert Palmer opened... Yeah, might as well face it, you're addicted to love. Right, he's deceased now. So he comes out, and people didn't like it. They started chucking stuff. They didn't was, like him? Yeah. Really? I'm, he wasn't, he hadn't, this was hadn't years before. Right, 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 right. Yeah. He's on his way up. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, what the heck? You know, I'm sitting there listening to him. I didn't know any of his tunes. He blew up later. But they started throwing paper and food, and he just left. Weird. Yeah, I thought, man, where did this come from? <laughs> What's wrong? He's up there playing. Let him play. I would never do that. And they did that, and he walked off. After, like, the third song, he just left. All right, well, that's odd. Weirdness. I know. Who would do that? All your Arizona peeps, apparently. Very, very rude. All right, earlier you were talking about the Utes upgrading the schedule. One thing I want to do before we do that, Ute Daddy, I'm not saying the Utes don't deserve the hype that they're getting because it's the preseason and they've earned it based on last year. I'm just saying have a little form of caution that it's not going to be that easy. It's going to be difficult to accomplish, and they very well could accomplish it, and I hope they do. I'd like nothing better than to be in Pasadena in January. Who wouldn't? I'm just saying just have a little bit of trepidation. And they did not score 40 points in every game offensively in October. So, you're not telling nine and three and ten and two fan people predicting that to pump their brakes, but the people who have them in eleven and one and twelve and zero, those folks can pump their brakes. Well, just have a little bit of caution and let's see what happens, man. They could very well do it, but I don't think that it's just a slam dunk arena. You were talking earlier about the Utes upgrading their schedule. They got nine conference games plus the BYU. Is not a Power 5 team, although some, some 
conferences are counting them as a Power 5 team, even though they're not in a Power 5 league. How many teams are still sandbagging, sitting on the nine Power 5 games, PK? Nine Power 5 games? What are you talking about? Well, you know, there's a whole thing about how the Pac-12 and the Big 12 Uh and the Big 10 are now all playing nine conference games. Yes. So how many of those teams are adding a non-conference game, a 10th game that's a big game. You were talking about, you know, do you try to play a Texas? And maybe they're down and it's not a big game. But at least you tried. I think most of them. There are a few holdouts, and you're mm. right, most of them are. Uh, Clemson, even though they're in the ACC, and that's not the greatest league, and eight, but they've scheduled, they've got their in-state game with South Carolina, and they've also scheduled Texas A&M this year. So that's nice. That's nice. They, they've got 10 big games right there. Yeah. Uh, Georgia is uh, kind of in the playoff hunt there in the SEC. Oh, sure. yeah. You know, they're sandbagging it with eight conference games, which, as a matter of fact, they are. But in Georgia's case, they're playing Notre Dame and Georgia Tech, so they got 10 power five games. Well, they, they always play Georgia Tech. Right. Anytime you get a chance to play Notre Dame, you take it. Florida has taken on Miami and Florida State in-state on top of their eight SEC games. So there are some teams that are getting her done. However, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Notre Dame, not so good. Nine Power Five games. They're all uh, they're all sandbagging a little to one degree or another. Notre Dame's got Navy, Bowling Green, and New Mexico. That's weak. Although I will say they are Notre Dame, and at least in my mind, that's a huge game when you're playing Notre Dame. So they so have they're to get New Mexico's best effort. Which isn't going to be near good enough, certainly. Right. But, yeah, I mean, the Mexico kids, that's got to be a dream come true because I assume they're not going to Albuquerque. <laughs> good call by you. <laughs> Tom Homo would have some explaining to do if Notre Dame went to Albuquerque and not to Provo. Yeah. We all get the, you know, Notre Dame joined the ACC, and so it's kind of messed up that two-for-one, and uh-huh. BYU hasn't gotten the payoff yet. Maybe they will one day. Well, but, you know, talking but about But it better come before they go to Albuquerque. Oh, to get, yeah. <laughs> I would t- If I'm BYU, i take it in Vegas. Yeah, your fan base would like that. They definitely, you got fans in Vegas, your fans in Southern California, Arizona drive up, and all the people in Utah drive down. Mm-hmm. If that's the only way to get it, good enough. Rather have a home game. Yeah. But I'd take Vegas. Yeah. Ohio State sandbagging. Miami of Ohio, Florida Atlantic, and Cincinnati. They got nine Power Five games. Cincinnati's coming off a good team, but still non Power Five. Correct. That's weak. Weak, weak, weak. The weakest of the week. I, I checked the top ten. I didn't check beyond that. But Alabama is playing their eight league games, Duke, and three non-power fives. That goes back to your point about, you know, when you schedule Texas. I mean, Texas A&M may not be any good this year. Maybe they'll be really good this year. We'll have to see how it plays out. But at least Clemson scheduled A&M, and there's a chance they're an eight or nine win team. Duke. Well, they're usually eight, decent. Eight or nine wins in the ACC. I don't know. Has your big game Alabama? That just doesn't look very good. I agree. Come on. LSU's got eight plus Texas, but then they got three non-power fives, including Utah State. So, so the youth, but the, the trend to you that, that what you said at the start is spot on. Is that uh, you look at those top ten programs? Six of them have now moved, so they're playing ten power fives. So if that's where you aspire to be in and mix with those guys, then add the tenth one. And I think the youths have to do that. There's no reason why they don't do that. It's only going to bring you publicity. Baylor and Arkansas are the Power 5 contracts they've signed down the line. That's a start. It's a start. But i got to see more. Right. Michigan is the one they played in the last decade. And that, in their, in and, their and, Pac-12 and, era... And their program was in a different spot then than it yeah. is now. 
In my mind, they should be playing just about anybody. Michigan didn't wreck them. They beat them twice. When you're putting the amount of NFL guys that this program puts in, they can handle anybody. And if they can get a home-and-home with a Notre Dame or whomever, go for it, man, because uh, you can compete with just about all these teams on the field. You don't know on a given year how it plays out, but generally speaking, the Ute program, I don't – right now, today, if they have a program like this, I mean a team like this, I don't see them getting embarrassed by anybody. So who will they play out of the Big Ten or Big 12? Seems most likely. I mean, they did get the one SEC Well, series. whoever they can get. Whoever would agree to it. Your program is of that stature now that you should be doing that. BYU should be your B game to go the Chris Hill gonna, thing. If you're going to beat them every year and have an A, B, and C game, if you're always beating them, they can't really be the A game. And that's an excellent B game. And it'll get you some national buzz, too. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.